Greetings and welcome to the Boxing Esquire Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Boxing Esquire podcast. It was my great pleasure to have Tim Smith of the PBC on as my guest this week. Um, Tim is the VP of Communications at Heyman Sports. We got into Tim's background as a boxing scribe for a number of major newspapers. We got into, of course, the PBC's grand experiment and uh, continuing efforts to bring boxing back to free TV. Uh, we also talked about Top Rank's ESPN deal, the World Boxing Super Series, and how that might fit with the PBC. Um, also potentially working with uh, Dana White in the UFC. Uh, we also talked a little bit about maybe uh, Floyd Mayweather's comeback in MMA. Uh, really hope you enjoy this one. Okay, it's my pleasure to have on the line uh, the Vice President of Communications at Heyman Sports, and definitely one of the, the good guys in the sport of boxing, um, Tim Smith, uh, welcome to the Boxing Esquire podcast, Tim. Thanks, Kurt. And I don't know if there are any good guys in boxing, <laughs> but but I'll I'll take your compliment. I don't know if there are any good guys. Really, it seems like the bad guys outnumber the the good guys quite a bit. But it's 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 nice to know that there are some good guys in the sport. So yeah, well, a few. A few. <laughs> well, uh, I always you know I like to I like to kind of. Uh, get into uh, the journey of the of, of the people in boxing a little bit. So, so tell the people where you're from. Well, okay, I'm from uh, originally from Macon, Georgia. I uh, graduated from the University of Georgia, and as we like to say in the era that I was there, I saw Herschel go all the way. So, the last national championship that the University of Georgia won, I happened to be on campus for that. Um, Nice. And I was very disappointed when the dogs uh, couldn't hold on and beat Alabama for the national championship this year. But that was brutal. As I that tell was some brutal. of my yeah, <laughs> that was brutal. But as I tell some of my younger uh, my younger alums, I got mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Tim, I, I I went to Penn State, and I actually remember when uh, we played. Uh, I think we won a national championship by beating Herschel at Georgia in the Sugar Bowl one year. So uh. we don't talk about that. We don't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's right. So you're obviously you're a very proud proud bulldog. Um, so uh, you, you graduated with a with a, a degree in journalism, and uh, yeah. eventually you found your way to the uh, Cincinnati Enquirer. Tell me about the, the years you spent at the Enquirer. Well, I was at the Atlanta Journal Constitution first, okay, okay, and that's that's really where I started covering boxing. Um, they didn't have anybody that was interested in covering the sport, and that was like 1984. And that was that incredible, um, you know, Olympic class. Right, right. And Evander Holyfield, who was from Atlanta, came out of that class, and you know they needed somebody to cover him because it was obvious that he was going to become a franchise. Uh, just like the Falcons or the Braves or anything like that. So uh, that was when I first started covering boxing. And uh, I think my first, the first live boxing match I ever covered was uh, Holyfield and Dwight Cowie for the, uh, for the Cruiserweight title. Wow. Uh, it was a 15-round fight, and it went the full 15 with both guys, uh, you know, trading punches. And, you know, I thought at that point when I was watching that, 
I was thinking, oh my God, this this sport is unbelievable. This is incredible. <laughs> I don't think you can you can't witness this kind of drama, you know, packed into like you know an hour or right. an hour or so. Right. If that fight you didn't know, get you hooked and, on boxing, I don't know what would. Exactly. Exactly. And um, you know, and after that fight, I still remember the uh, the guy telling me on the desk, "We need a we need a follow up on that Holyfield fight. It's so great." And I reached out to Evander and uh, his camp, and Evander had been put in the hospital because he had lost like three quarters of his body fluid, and his kidneys were about to shut down. Right, so I heard he almost died. Yeah, yeah, he almost died. <laughs> he almost died. But uh, that's when I knew the seriousness of the sport and that, you know, as a, as a boxing writer, you always have to do the second-day story. So, Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, that's how I got started covering boxing. And then, of course, I moved to uh, Cincinnati, to the Cincinnati Enquirer, and uh, I, was, I got there at the tail end of uh, Aaron Pryor's career right. and um, covered another young, aspiring welterweight named Tommy Ayers. Right. Uh, who absolutely got destroyed by Buddy McGirt uh, <laughs> on a Saturday afternoon. And uh, Tony Tubbs was from Cincy, and I covered a couple of Tubbs fights. But, uh, you know, and then, uh, you know, after that, moved on to the New York Times, where I didn't go to cover boxing. I actually went to the New York Times to cover uh, pro football because uh, when I was in Cincinnati, after Tommy Ayers got beaten to a pulp by Buddy McGirt, they sort of retired the boxing beat. Because mm. uh, there's nobody else in the pipeline, really. Uh, I think Timmy. I think Timmy Austin uh, was a was an amateur, an amateur amateur. You know, right. just coming along. And, right. I think he was on a ninety two really team. Anything. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So there wasn't really anything, you know, to cover uh, from a professional standpoint at that point. So I ended up covering the Cincinnati Bengals for like a couple of seasons, and then I moved to the New York Times and uh, ended up covering pro football on the Jets. And then in uh, 19, was it 96? Yeah, I think 1996. Well, whenever the uh, Bo Galata fight was at the Garden and uh, they had the riot, the guy who was covering boxing for the Times hid under a table when the riot was going nuts, and he came back into the office on Monday and said his nerves were so shaken that, you know, he can't, he couldn't cover the sport anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Right. Right. will do that to you, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so my, my boxing, my boxing writing career was revived with a riot at the garden that I didn't go to. Uh, so, yeah, like, all right, Tim, Tim's kind of a big guy. Maybe he can handle himself in a riot. All right. <laughs> I, yeah, I'd be okay in a riot. I'd be all right in a riot. I, I think I could. I think I could handle myself. I'd be like Big George. You don't want to do that, son. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. That was a crazy night. Crazy night. Crazy night. So yeah, then, then you, uh, you uh, it looks like you spent a good 10 years at the Times, and uh, and then you matriculated to the uh, Daily News. Now, did you replace uh, Michael Katz as, as writer at the Daily News? I, I like to say that Michael Katz cannot be replaced. <laughs> you, 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 mere, you, you merely take over the job, and you do it as well as you can, uh, and and uh, you know, along the way, Mike, Michael Katz became one of my one of my best mentors in terms of you know, how to write boxing, how to cover the sport, you know, knowing what was serious and what wasn't serious, knowing a good boxing story. Um, 
you know, the only thing that I didn't take from him, you know, besides the cane and the neck brace and the, and the beret <laughs> was I, I, did, I, I never took his, his cynicism. You know, he was a very cynical man. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he liked to grind axes and things. And that was, I was, you know, I was always as a writer, I was the opposite of that. I never, you know, if I had something against you, I wasn't going to take it out in the way that I covered you. You know, I, I always thought that you had to be objective. And, and objectivity and fairness was the main thing for me. You know, if you did great, you did great. If you did horrible, you did horrible. If you were doing something wrong, you were doing something wrong. You know, if you did something right, you did something right, you know. Um, right, it wasn't personal. But, yeah, right? he was – yeah, but, it, but, it's the, but truly it's the only way to remain the Switzerland of the sport, right. you know, because then people don't, people don't see you as siding – you know, you're not, like right now. People are like, "Oh, that that guy's Aram guy, or that guy's a Golden Boy guy. He, this guy's an Oscar's pocket, or this guy's a PBC guy, or whatever." You know, but if you're if you're a legitimate journalist and you cover things objectively, and you have fair criticism, then I think that you know people see you as as fair, and they see you as a legitimate journalist. And you know, the one thing that I learned in like covering you know football and covering. Uh, some football teams. I covered the Jets and the Bengals on a beat basis. The one thing I learned about that is, you know, athletes and people in management know when they screw up. They know when they're not performing at their peak. They, you know, and if you criticize them when they're not and they know it, then they know that you're being objective about what you do. Right. You know, now if you're just taking shots at people to take gratuitous shots at people for no reason, then yeah, I think that builds up a lot of resentment. Uh, on the part of, you know, the people that you're covering. Right, right. I mean, listen, bottom line, no one likes to read negative things about them. But, you know, if, if I would, you know, if, if you mix a little sugar and error, like you said, as long as you're being objective, they can't, you know, in their heart of hearts really fault you, you know, for, for reporting uh, right. what's going on. What's going on. Right, exactly. So when, exactly. You're, when you're at the yeah. Daily News, really interesting era in New York boxing, or at least really interesting to me, because that's kind of when I came on the scene in boxing. But, uh, um, you were there for kind of the rise and fall of uh, Cedric Kushner and the the heavyweight explosion cards, which which I always found oh, to be a blast. <laughs> I love Cedric Kushner's heavyweight explosion. <laughs> I still remember going to the Hammerstein Ballroom. Yes, and uh, I I took my neighbor, I took my neighbor to uh, to a show at the Hammerstein. And I don't know if you remember downstairs, they had the girls giving the massages yes. and they had like, the, they, they had like the cigar area. You could go down and smoke a cigar and the girls would like give you, a, uh, you know, like a shoulder fully clothed, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. uh, they give you like, and you sit in a chair and give you like a shoulder massage and then you could get a drink <laughs> and you could smoke a cigar and, you know, then you go upstairs and the fights were going on and they had the girls dancing on the platform. Yes. And I, and I took my, and I took my neighbor and I took my neighbor to one of those shows and I told him, I said, I said, this is like Fight Club. You know, we never talk about Fight Club. We don't talk about what goes on here. I said, because you can't go back home and tell your wife that you went to a, a, a boxing match and you got a back rub and a neck rub and you smoke cigars and you drink and, you know, and then there are guys hitting each other. But also there are lovely girls dancing on platforms. I said, you can't, you can't go home and tell your wife. <laughs> the first thing he did when he got home is he told his wife. Oh, man. His wife was like, your husband, his wife was like, your husband's not working. He's going to like some kind of strip club where they hit each other. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, man. man. But I, I, love, I love Cedric, man. The guy had a million ideas. He was innovative. You know, he tried to make the sport fun for not only the, the people that covered it, but he tried to make it fun for the fans who came to see the sport. Absolutely. You know? And so, he tried to make and he tried to make competitive, entertaining matches. And I like that. You know, the matchmakers for him, they were always making entertaining matches, you know, for, for the fans. Now the heavyweight explosion, these guys were great heavyweights, but hey, at least, you know, they got in the ring and they slugged it out with each other. I, you know, and you and you gotta like that. You know? Absolutely. Cedric was a dreamer. I mean, if if, if anyone in, in boxing is is ripe for having their life story told on film, I think it's Cedric Kushner. But um yeah, the, the I got a great I got a great Cedric Kushner story for you if I can digress. <laughs> go ahead, go please. <laughs> I I was I was writing for the New York Times and uh so I went up to do this profile on Cedric uh because he had the you know, he had the heavyweight explosion and you know, he was like you know, sort of like the promoter in New York and everything, you know, just a New York character. And I, I went up to Cedric's office, and so we're 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 sitting down and, you know, doing the interview. And um, so Cedric gets a phone call, and he ignores it the first time, but the phone kept, ring, kept ringing. So he said, uh, let me answer this. So he answers the phone. And I, I, my Cedric impression is not very good. But <laughs> no, but keep doing it, though. It's good for the but, story. Yeah, but, bear, but bear with me on this. So he says, excuse, excuse me, Tim. I must answer this. So he answers the phone, and he's sitting there. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, just turned it off. And he listens to more, and he says, yes, yes. Well, just turn it off. And he goes... I, I'm, just, I'm telling you, the best thing that you could do is just turn the damn thing off. And he hangs up the phone, and I was like, well, what was that about? He said, I got Biabucci. He's in his hotel room. He's in Florida training. And he says, there are demons coming from the air conditioning unit. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, wow. A day in the life of Cedric Kushner, yeah, unbelievable. The life of times of Cedric Kushner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's everyone has some good Cedric stories. He is such a character. Everybody's got a great Cedric story. Such a character, but also during that time, you know, uh, it's interesting. You kind of had the rise of uh, Lou DiBella. Lou started his uh, promotional yeah. company, or at the time, it was a, a matchmaking company, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Had written uh, the was it Radio City the, the building the Radio City was in he was initially housed in. Um, you right. also kind of saw the the fading out of uh, Don King, who I think at, at the beginning of the two thousands had just grabbed Rockman from Cedric, and uh, right yeah Trinidad and, and that that was kind of his last hurrah. And he kind of uh, has been fading since, and uh, yeah. also during that time period there was the rise of a uh, former. Uh, Music promoter and, and aspiring boxing manager by the name of uh, Alan Heyman. So how did how did you first yeah. uh, how did you first come across uh, Al Heyman? Well, I, I met Al when he was uh, when he was managing um, uh, Vernon Forrest, and uh, you know I, I I just found it curious. And when I was growing up, I used to always go to those uh, Budweiser Superfest shows. And, you know, the tagline would always be an Alan Heyman production or Alan Heyman promotion or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know who Alan Heyman was. I thought he was like some Jewish guy, <laughs> you know, because most concert promoters are like Jewish guys. Right. Um, 
and I thought it was some Jewish guy. So, you know, and I, and I didn't, and you know, stupid, I'm, I'm really like, I'm not very good on the uptake. So when, you know, when uh, Vernon Forrest was saying, you know, this is my manager, Al Heyman, I didn't, I didn't put it together with Alan Heyman and uh, until later. And then somebody said, yeah, he's, he, uh, he does like concert tours and stuff. I was like, that's Alan Heyman. <laughs> like, I thought you were a Jewish guy. <laughs> and uh, you know, so so we would you know we would talk about boxing when he was uh, when he was managing you know Vernon Forrest. So I got to know him then, you know, when he first got into the business. Cool, cool, cool. So eventually, what was it? What um, you became a part of when, when Al kind of hatched the idea, I guess it was around 2013, right? That all the plans for the PPC, uh, or as, or as the uh, sports business journal calls it the, the grand experiment. Um, the PPC yeah. kind of came together, um, in 2013 or so. Is that, is that, is that about right? I, you know what? I was not aware of anything with the PBC until Al called me in December of 2014 to hire me. Okay. So okay. I didn't know I didn't know anything about it until then. I mean, it it was completely under wraps. I, you know, I had heard rumors that you know something that he was that he was hatching something to do with boxing. But I mean, I you know I was at that point I was freelancing because I wasn't at the Daily News anymore. Uh, I had gotten downsized as a you know as a as a nice uh, that's a nice term for what happened. <laughs> Apparently, um, they're still downsizing. I, I think too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're still down and until eventually there won't be anything left to downside. Right. Um, but I, yeah, but but I was like just hustling, you know, freelance stories and stuff. So I wasn't covering boxing from the news standpoint or, you know, digging for those kinds of stories. I was digging for stories that I could actually sell. Um, but I wasn't aware of it until he called me and, and you know, and offered me the job at the, in like December of 2014. And, uh, you know, and I accepted it. And then you know, that's when once I accepted the job, that's when I knew that this uh, this grand plan was underway. So, absolutely, absolutely. So the PBC. Um, in case you're on another planet, if you're listening to my podcast, you know who the PBC is. <laughs> but yeah. um, you know, Premier Boxing Champions. Um, you know, Al Heyman's uh, vision uh, was to bring boxing to uh, free television, bring it back to the mainstream. And mm -hmm. he uh, got together with a hedge fund, got some investors, and worked out deals with NBC, CBS, or I should, I should say CBS slash Showtime, um, mm -hmm. Spike, ESPN, and Bounce, um, mm -hmm. and, and got it all rolling early early 2015. Um, mm -hmm. I believe was it was it Thurman Guerrero was the was the first uh, official PBC show. Uh, yeah, I think that was the first official show was in Vegas. It was Thurman Guerrero, and I'm trying to remember who was on the undercard. Bro Broner Molina, right? Broner Molina was the Bro Yeah, Broner and Molina was on the undercard, yeah. yeah. And, uh, um, and, and you guys killed it. It was like four, four million viewers? Uh, yeah, yeah, like four, four million, four and a half million, something like that. And, you know, um, and Thurman has been like one of the really, really big um, ratings grabbers. Thurman and Garcia have been two of the biggest rating gra gra grabbers that we've had, <clears throat> you know, fight on uh, network television. So they are, you know, obviously they're in a very popular and hot division. Um, but they've been, they were there from the start and they've been very hot. 
you know, since then. Well, yeah, you, you guys pretty much, I mean, have been putting up like the highest ratings for any, you know, entity in boxing from, from 2015 on. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the, the first couple broadcasts, um, I know you did on Spike. You did almost a million uh, for the debut on Spike. I, I, I forget who was the was it was Danny Jacobs the first I, the first uh, fight on Spike. I, I'm not I'm not recalling which one that was. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, everything's a blur at this point. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. Danny Jacobs. <laughs> I know I know Danny Jacobs fought on Spike and did a million. I know that. Um, I know that Adrian Broner fought. Uh, he fought on Spike and did a million. Right. Um, you know, but it, you know, it really, it really has been, you know, just trying to. It, it's been a, it's and it, and it is an experiment, as you say, but it's an ongoing experiment. Right. Uh, but it really has just been a way to try to find good partners, good network partners, people that know the sport, understand the sport, and who are willing to work with you and, you know, and, and share the vision that you have of making the sport, uh, you know, mainstream again. And, and I tell everybody this, you know, people, just particularly the people that are, that are in the boxing industry or that cover boxing on a regular basis, they want instant results. Well, it didn't take, it didn't take three years for boxing to be shrunk into a niche sport. It took close to, you know, three decades, maybe four decades for it to be shrunk to the point that it is now where it's really a niche sport, you know, like golf is a niche sport. But the only difference between golf, uh, the NHL and uh, NASCAR is that, you know, all of those other sports, you know, they have uh, they have network uh, they have network. uh, audiences, they have they have networks that are behind them. They can be seen on network television, but boxing doesn't have that. And, and, and you know, we're still working to get that. You know, we're still working to get those uh, those situations where we could put the put it back on network television on a regular basis. You know, but it's going to take us. It's a slow process. You know, there 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 have been so many things that have been done you know, to the sport and with the sport in the past that have given, that have given so many people a bad taste for it. Um, you know, you can go all the way back to Don King and his bogus tournament on ABC. Right. You know, where it burned so many people in the late seventies, you know, that, that have just, you know, that have become like folklore to people in network television. Right. And they, and they view, and they view everybody, in the sport to be the same kind of scoundrel and character that, you know, that you had, you know, at the very top of the sport, uh, they view everybody that comes to them with a deal with, you know, with skepticism and, 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 and rightly so you should be skeptical, skeptical because the history and the past of the sport lends itself to that, you know? Right, right, right. So you have to over, so you, so you really have to overcome and break down those barriers and you have to try to prove to people that you are going to be a good partner that looks out for their interests as they look out for your interests. So it has to be a mutual uh, trust, and you got to build that trust, you know. And you got and you got to give them a good product, and you got to give them something that they want because they're in the business of of having good ratings and stuff. So, you know, you build toward that, and you know we're still building toward that. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, just just to go through a few of the ratings. I mean, you guys, it, it's not like you know, you guys haven't 
shown proof of concept. I mean, in, in like you said, in, in 2015, I think Broner Porter did 3.2 million on NBC. Um, in 2016, Spence Bundu did 4.8 million on NBC. Garcia Guerrero did 3 million on Fox. Um, Thurman Porter did 2.4 on CBS. You know, like you said, Broner did over a million on Spike. Um, it's 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 really interesting because you know obviously you go to NBC initially I guess with this deal and they're kind of like well you know it's a, you know there's there's you have you you know there's there's no precedent right now the sport's been away for so long you know we have to reintroduce right. it to advertisers and and right. uh, you know do do you have the you know uh, do you have you know enough fighters to keep this going and be have a consistent product and so on so. You know, it's there's a lot that goes into it. There's no two ways about it. But um, you know, and and I know that the PBC's gotten its fair share of criticism. But you know, I just wanted to point out that you know, you guys, for having been spread out on so many networks, you hit numbers. You know, on on each of them. You know, you prove that that it can yeah. be done. And there again, you know, uh, it's sort of like fishing. It's sort of like you know, if if you don't get bites in one area. You know, you, you move your boat to another place where the fish are biting. You And, and again, you're trying to find people that are going to be good partners and who are going to back, you know, who are going to back the sport and who believe and who share your vision that the sport can be brought back to the mainstream and they can, you know, get a young skew to a younger audience. And, you know, it's not just a, a sport where old men, you know, are watching it, you know. Um, right. Well, so. I mean, I, I think what's, what's interesting, I just read a sports journal article about a top ranks deal. And uh, Burke Magnus basically said that that you know if if there's uh, if there's one thing that uh, you know you learn from from the PBC experiment, it's like it's like any other sport. You know, you have great fights, people are going to watch. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. boxing can hit. Boxing, you know, is is you know when it when you've got good fights, it can compete with all of the major sports as far as viewership goes and. And he basically said that the PBC rekindled uh, ESPN's interest in in boxing. Um, yeah, and and you know we have the inventory of of champions and fighters and exciting divisions to be able to deliver that. You know, it's just a matter of finding somebody that's willing to uh, take that. And it, and at this point, it's not even a leap of faith, but just uh, you know, just to step up and be willing to make an investment. And, you know, say this is something that we want uh, as part of our sports landscape, you know. Um, and, and you know, we understand or I understand, and I think most people that follow sports understand that, you know, uh, that a lot of the networks have major investments in either the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, you know, so they're all locked up in that and they put their efforts into that, you know, and, and a lot of them don't really want to, you know, at this point, deal with, uh, you know, with, with adding another sport to that platform. But, you know, I think as it becomes more and more popular, as people start to talk more and more about some of these uh, fights, you know, if we get water cooler fights, you know, and if, if we continue to build up, you know, our young stars like an Errol Spence, uh, you know, a heavyweight champion like Deontay Wilder, who could be the hottest man in boxing if he becomes the undisputed heavyweight champion, you know, then you're going to, then you're going to have those water cooler conversations from people that are going to be like, you know, did you see that knockout by Deontay Wilder last night? Or did you see the way that Errol Spence beat, you know, this guy last night? Or, 
you know, you'll have you'll have those water cooler moments. Right. I guess, you know, I mean, you know, the the, the criticisms of the PBC were that, you know, the, the fights were on too many networks and it was hard to keep track of. Uh, maybe the but think of, but think about but think about this though. And I remember you, you on uh, Eddie Goldman's podcast saying, "Well, look at our website." <laughs> well, yeah, but but here's the thing though. It, 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 but here's the thing though. Boxing fans are saying that, not regular sports fans. Right. If you're if you're a regular sports fan, and you just came out of watching, I don't know. Um, let's say you just came out of watching one of the preakness, the, you know, the preakness or something, or straight. And and they say, uh, stay tuned for Premier Boxing Champions, you know, and they do a run a commercial and you do stay tuned to it. You're not a boxing fan. You're you're not scouring the landscape to find out when boxing you're you're just a regular sports fan and you see Keith Thurman and Danny Garcia fighting and it's an exciting fight, you're going, Man, this is this is a great coincidence that I found this fight. Then you go, maybe, hey, I wonder where these guys are gonna be fighting again. You right. know, is, are they going to be on NBC again? Or, you know, maybe that rekindles some of the interest in somebody who once was a boxing fan, but don't watch it because it's been on HBO or Showtime and they don't have HBO or Showtime. Right. You know, right. or you're, or you're watching, I don't know, on Fox, maybe you're watching NASCAR in the afternoon and they say, you know, coming up next, Deontay Wilder is fighting in prime time. He's going to defend his heavyweight championship. And you go, hey, man, I haven't seen boxing in years. Let me see what this heavyweight guy looks like. You know, and you stick around for the fight, and you know, and uh, you see, you know, you see a prelim fight where, you know, um, the Dominic Brazil and some other guy are, going, are knocking each other down in every round, and you go, man, this is exciting, you know. So it leads into the heavyweight championship fight. The guy gets knocked out. You go, man, this is exciting, right? But you know, but do you do if you're just a regular sports fan and you're not a boxing critic? Does it matter to you whether it was on Fox or NBC or whatever? You you just happened to be watching sports that afternoon and it bled into something that night, right? You know. But I think people I think people can find a lot of reasons to criticize. But isn't the point that there was more boxing on television that was that was available to people that didn't necessarily have HBO or have the uh, or have Showtime? Well, I mean, yeah. I would rather look. I would rather look at it that way as opposed to saying, "Oh, it's on too many networks." Right, right. Well, I mean, I guess at this point, you know, I mean, you know, because you know, you guys have, have pretty much at this point, you're on, I guess, Fox and Showtime. There's not really that problem anymore. Right. I mean, that was that was kind of right. you know, the, the test run, um, and now you know, you know, you know, as, as you know, you're flipping the model now, right? You're you're looking to get. As opposed to to buying the time on the networks, you're looking to get a uh, a deal, um, you know, where the networks are are paying a licensing fee for the uh, for the programming. And and what's interesting, I mean, let's let's talk a little bit about um, Top Rank's deal. I mean, you know, Top Rank does this deal with with ESPN. Um, and I, I was talking about this in my podcast last week. I'm like, you know, it's funny because you know. I, Again, I'll refer to a sports business journal article. They, they were kind of counting up, um, you know, who had, you know, contenders in each weight division. Like, who, who were the major players in the sport? And, you know, you look at it, and the PBC has, like, over 40, you know, top 10 fighters, at least according to Dan Raphael's ratings at the time. Top rank had about 17. Golden Boy had about, you know, maybe 16. And, and Eddie Hearn's matchroom had something in it. 
combined those three didn't have as many as the PBC. And I'm thinking, okay, the PBC was out there. They did this experiment. They've got, if you want good fighters, they're holding the bag. You know, I mean, you guys, you guys have like 15 or 16 world champions as well. Um, it seems like, you know, you guys are the bully on the block. You know, you're the one who, the biggest organization with the best fighters. Um, you know, Top Rank has, you know, Lomachenko, they've got Pacquiao, they've got um, uh, Crawford. Crawford. Um, but, you know, PBC can say, okay, I'll, I'll see you a Pacquiao, Crawford, and Lomachenko, <laughs> and raise you a Mayweather, Spence, Thurman, Garcia, Charlo Brothers, and the, the heavyweight champion, Deontay Wilder. I mean... And, uh, and Mikey Garcia. And, oh, yeah, I'm forgetting Mikey board. Garcia. Who's <laughs> oh, probably, yeah, you're, you're forgetting a guy. Exactly, who's pound like for the next, pound, maybe the, the best of the bunch. Oscar De La Hoya. Yeah, you forget a guy. <laughs> so, you, you know, you guys are, you, you have the best roster, you know, without question in, in the sport. So, I mean, what what, did, what was your take on, on uh, you know, I mean, obviously Top Rank sued the PBC and then and then now moves in and gets the ESPN deal. What's your take on uh, Top Rank getting the ESPN deal? I don't, you know what, I don't have a take for on that. Uh, God bless them. I mean, if they want to be in business with somebody who uh, can promise to deliver them uh, Terrence Crawford and Keith Thurman, or Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence, or Terrence Crawford and Danny Garcia, or Terrence Crawford and Sean Porter, or Terrence Crawford and you want me to continue down the list of <laughs> welterweights we have? Uh, Terrence Crawford and Jesse Garcia, uh, Jesse Vargas, or Terrence Crawford, and I mean, I think I could go on for like another five minutes Absolutely. with all the welterweights that we have. Andre Berto. I mean, I could just keep going down the list of welterweights. If you want to be in business with somebody who can promise those as opposed to being in, in bed with somebody who can actually deliver Terrence Crawford. I mean, not, well, we can't deliver Terrence Crawford because we don't have him. But if you want to, you know, be in business with somebody who can deliver uh, Keith Thurman versus Danny Garcia 2 or Keith Thurman versus Errol Spence or Keith Thurman versus Sean Porter 2 or Sean Porter versus Errol Spence or Sean Porter versus Danny Garcia or, you know, take your pick. Um, you know, if you want to be if that's the way you want to go then god bless you um i mean i am not i'm not there for the negotiations i wasn't there when they were talking about whether to extend the you know to extend the deal or to try to come up with a way to you know to 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 make a deal i wasn't there i don't know i don't know what the thinking was um but like you said if you look at what was available to them and what they decided to to go with I don't know. God bless them for doing it. I my my whole thing is I think more boxing on television is a good thing. But again, I think in order to build a sport where it becomes popular to the mainstream, you have to be able to offer people competitive matches and you can talk about you can get on first take or you can get on Sports Center and you can get on any number of you know, ESPN outlets and talk about what a great fight uh, is going to occur with a Lomachenko and a Rigandau. You can talk it up. You can make people excited about seeing it. But then it's got to deliver when it gets into the ring. It's got to be something that people, that lives up to the hype. And we all know that, you know, they got a great hype machine at ESPN, but it's got to be something that delivers. And you can't, you know, you can't put up 
you can't put things on that are going to turn off the, the, the regular sports fan. You know, boxing fans are going to watch anything that you put on. Right. If, if, for, if for no other reason than to j- just degrade it and downgrade it and denigrate it on Twitter, they're going to watch it regardless. But what you want to grow the sport is that you want people that haven't really watched the sport in a long time or have never watched the sport before or are looking for something that's entertaining. You want those people. Those are the people that you want. Now, you know, if you, if you give them any kind of boxing and they, they've never seen it before, maybe they think that's good. I don't know. But I think, it, I think eventually the ratings will tell you whether that's true or not. Right. Um, I guess that was like one of the, you know, another one of the criticisms of the PPC is, you know, for every Thurman Porter or Frampton Santa Cruz, there was like a Danny Garcia, Sammy Vargas or Arislandi Lara, Yuri Foreman, just that the, the quality was, was a little inconsistent. But in all honesty, I mean, you know, Top Rank's first card on their ESPN show this year wasn't exactly Ollie Frazier either. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's hard, especially, I mean, you guys have such a big roster. Um, you know, and keeping everybody happy and not killing everybody off either. I mean, these guys are human beings. You know, you kind of need a, a tuna fight every yeah. once in a while. Um, but that's a yeah, challenge. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, but but it, but it also comes down. But it also comes down to really. Um, it also comes down to uh, the value of what you have and the value of what you get back from it. You know, if that makes any sense. You know, if someone is going to pay you a license fee for a great fight, then guess what? You're going to give them a great fight. Right. Right. Um, you know, uh, if you're if you if you know if you have a guy who's coming back off of a loss and you know is trying to just work his way back into you know into the picture, then you know maybe nobody's going to pay for that. You know. Right. So, right. Uh, but then again, it's still going to be a decent matchup. It's not going to be like a showcase or anything. You know, it's still going to be a good match. Um, but, you know, the like I said, when you look at the roster and you look at what we have, the potential is there for, you know, great for, for great fights to be made. Right, right. So, you Absolutely. Know. Absolutely. Well, I mean, speaking of that and speaking of uh, um, another uh, entity that's creating a lot of buzz that also does not have like a or just doesn't have period a, a US TV deal is the World Boxing Super Series um, which is creating you know, a ton of fan excitement boxing fan excitement um, you surprised they don't have a, a network deal or, or, or you know did, did Richard approach you guys about hooking up or I don't you know I don't know what the nature of the conversations were between Richard and Al uh, you know, but we're a television series ourselves, so we're in the same position as Richard. We're looking for TV partners as well. Um, so I don't know what the conversation was with Al. Maybe that conversation occurred earlier with like weight classes or divisions of what guys would be available to fight in a tournament. Um, but also, well, you actually, know, you have to can, look if, at, if I can, if I can ask you, is is Marat Gassiev still uh, with the PBC or still with Al? I thought he was with Al. He very well may be. I don't know. I, I I don't know whether he is or not. He could still be. You know, Al could still be advising. I don't know. Okay. To be to be truthful with you. Okay. Um, I have no idea. Okay. Um, I know he's. I know he's fought on. 
He's fought on some PBC cards before. Yeah, I, re- I just I remember seeing a press release where he said he had signed with Al, so I would assume that he was with Al. Well, um, if he if he said he signed with Al, I'm assuming he's still with Al. Right, right. Um, right. You know, um, but that could be a situation where we didn't immediately have anything available for him, and it's like, you know, it's yeah, Al's going to look at your contract and make sure you're not getting ripped off. Uh, go make some money. Right, right. Um, well, he's done amazing in that tournament. He's he's really shown himself to be a great fighter. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what? I haven't followed it as closely as boxing fans have followed. I've been sort of busy with the shows that we do. Right. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, I as 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 the as the old guy says, I hear good things. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I hear good things. But I, you know, I don't know why they didn't get a television deal. I can only speculate as to why they didn't, and my speculation is the same as everybody else. Um, is I think that. You know, a lot of there are a lot of Eastern Europeans that are involved on the cruiserweight side, and there are a lot of Brits involved on the uh, on the super middleweight side. Um, and and I don't, you know, I don't know what the budgets are for, you know, Showtime and for HBO, but I would have to think that they looked at their budgets and they looked at the number of shows that they have, uh, you know, each year or however long the tournament was going to run. And they made a determination that they didn't want to give up the money or the space, uh, the television, you know, property. Um, that's the, that's the only thing I could speculate is that they made a decision based on that. Um, but you know, I, I still, you know, every every time I read about it, somebody's saying they saw a stream or something, and that the stream was clear. So it's I think it's still available if you know people have a computer and. You know, it seems like all the hardcore people are able to see it. You know, all the hardcore boxing fans are able to see it. Right, um, right, right. Yeah, I mean, I think they they have they've had to look at it on YouTube or Facebook. Um, but it is kind of a shame that uh, that they didn't uh, get a, a US TV deal. Just just in that, um, you know, I mean, I'm always pushing a league for boxing because it, it seems like mm-hmm. you, you look at. Um, you look at uh, other sports and just you know the, the you know the TV money that they have as as a league and the teams working together is is astronomical, right. and right. and the right. value of the franchises is astronomical at this point in time. Right. Um, yeah. But but there are you know obviously in boxing it's it's like herding cats to try and even get you know the major promoters to. <laughs> So we work together on one fight, let alone you know come together in a joint venture and come up with the rules and, and all that. But um, well, it's like it's like baseball. It's like baseball in the 1900s. You're right. You know? It's barnstorming. You know, you got, you got yeah, you got you got you got to find a judge. You know, a judge Landis to come in and straighten the whole thing out. You know, absolutely. Um, but yeah, it, it is. You know, and and I really thought that. I really thought at the beginning of the PVC when we first started that that was the time to have the kumbaya moment, mm. you know, for for everybody to sort of say, hey, this is a good thing, trying to get boxing back on network television. Is there a way for all of us to work together? Because I have some boxers that I'd like to get exposure for. Is there a way we can work together? I can put my guys on your shows or, you know, or, or you know, is there a way for me to get in on that? I thought that that was the time for the kumbaya moment. You know, if you want to do something good for the sport, when somebody comes along and they say, you know, we got, you know, we're trying to get a big platform for these guys. I thought, 
that was the time for the kumbaya moment, not not a couple of antitrust laws. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you know, unfortunately, with the litigious nature of boxing and just the litigious nature of our society these days, for for boxing at this late stage to try and form a league, um, it would be really difficult. It would be really difficult. Yeah, it'd be it'd be it'd be real. It'd be it would be very very tough. Right. It right. would be it would be near it would be nearly impossible for. Right. For someone to come in, and it would almost be like the sport is going downhill, and nobody's making any money, and the only way for it to survive was to organize, and it would have to be something like that. Right. You know. I tell you what, and, though. And I, I think I think with the with the World Boxing Super Series, the the you know, out, you know beyond beyond a league structure, I think the one thing they've really got right is you know like other sports, now you've got a tournament, you know, and now mm-hmm. you've, you've got mm-hmm. guys, people can follow their story, you know, from the quarterfinals mm-hmm. to the semis to the finals, um, you know, right. you know, right. say for, for a league, I think this is about as structured as, as boxing. Yeah. I really love the, the world boxing super. So just the idea of the best fighting the best and, uh, mm-hmm. and doing a tournament style. And then you have a big Super Bowl and, you know, a big winner, you know, a conclusion at the end of the season, you know, so that people can, you know, can follow it. And I mean, it's great. It's, it's the way television seems to like to tell stories and, and for the sport right. of boxing as well, you know, getting the best to fight the best would be, uh, you know, that, that's, that's one of the big criticisms of the sport is that the best don't fight the best. So, um, has the BBC yeah. thought about, I mean, I know when you did your interview with Eddie a few years ago, you, you know, mentioned the word tournament. You're talking about junior middleweight and welterweight and featherweight, how you guys might be able to, to fashion some sort of little tournament with the, all the great fighters that you well, had. Well, we, well, we've had it. We've had a de facto, we've had it de facto in both at 147 and 154. I mean, back in October, we had all three belts that we are in control of in 154 pound class on display in a tournament and two of the winners from that are going to fight each other. Uh, I think that's in April. Uh, we have Lara and Hurd fighting each other. And then I think Jamel uh, Charlo is, is waiting for the winner of that. So in effect we do, it's a de facto tournament without calling it a tournament. Right. That basically is what's happening. I mean, you, you know, probably, not in the calendar year, but probably in a span of 12 months from October to October, you will have some clarity amongst those three titles. And I'm sure, you know, one of those guys between the three of those guys, Lara, uh, Jared Hurd and uh, Jamel Charlo, between the three of them, somebody is going to have one of those titles by the end of the year. I mean, is going to have all of those three of those, all three of those titles by the end of the year. That's, uh, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, it's just a little bit of a slower process at 147 pounds, and it's been slowed down by Keith Thurman getting, you know, injured or having an injury and then having surgery. But Keith has two of the titles, two of the primary titles. He's got, you know, the WBC and the WBA. You know, Spence has the IBF. Uh, and, and I dare say that if, if Thurman hadn't gotten injured, that, you know, at this point, we'd be talking about maybe, you know, Spence and Thurman fighting sometime in you know, September in a, in a unification fight. Because, I, 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 you know, I would think that, that Thurman would have fought at least one time, one of his mandatories, either the WBA or the WBC, and, you know, uh, 
you know, Spence would have had his fight, and then he's got a mandatory, and then he'd be, you know, ready for September, October, November to be in a unification with Thurman. Uh, and so that process has probably been delayed by nine months because, you know, Thurman's been out of the ring for, you know, coming up on a year. Um, so I think, I think we've had de facto, um, you know, we've had de facto tournaments that just haven't been spoken of like that. And I'd like to see the same thing get rolling at 126 pounds because there's some great, you know, featherweight matches. We're going to have unification between uh, Abner Mares and uh, Leo Santa Cruz in June. Uh, but the other belts that are out there, Gary Russell has the other belt. I, you know, I wish Gary would be a little bit more active, but I can, you can't make a man fight. Um, well, I guess, yeah, that, that kind of goes to the point. It's like you guys, you know, people will criticize, oh, the PPC guys don't fight. But, you know, oftentimes you have someone like Gary, who I'm sure you guys have been trying, Omar Figueroa, uh, you know, who you'd like them to fight more. <laughs> you know, but for whatever reason, they're either not in the you gym can't make, or... You can't. You can't make a, you can't make a man fight. You, right. I mean, you you've dealt with fighters before. Absolutely, absolutely. You, you can you can call them up and say, "Hey, do you want to fight this guy? I got three fights for you." Nah, man, I'm spending time with my family. <laughs> well, when do you want to? I'll call you when I'm ready. Right. Right. Okay. You know. Hey, I got this guy. Nah, I don't want to fight that guy. Okay. What about this guy? Nah, I don't want to fight him. What about this guy? Nah, I don't want to fight him. What about this guy? Yeah, I'll fight him. And then you put that fight out there, and everybody's like, that's garbage. I don't want to see that crap. You know, you know what? <laughs> Can't win. Yeah, you, I mean, it's just some guys are just difficult to deal with. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's not it is. the promoter or the is. manager. It's just, you know, these guys move at their own pace. So what are you going to do? It, it, it's hard. You know, right. it's hard. Yeah, but, you know, it's, it's you know, it, it's, it's, very, it's very, very difficult. It's very, very difficult you know, to, to, to make fights that people want to see, right. you know, and, and guess what? We want to see the same fights you want to see, right. but making them is, is harder than you would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. It is. You know? It is hard. No doubt. No doubt. Um, yeah. I mean, at featherweight, you guys definitely, I mean, are you, are you still working with Lee Selby or is Lee now? Yeah. Still working with Lee Selby, still working with, so you got Gary uh, Russell, Carl Frampton, Carl Frampton. Gary Russell, Lee, yeah, Carl Frampton. Leo Abner. I mean, it's that's, Leo Abner. It's, it's yeah, makings of uh, you know some great got, guys. Got a lot of got a lot of young guys that are coming up. Um, you know, Brandon Figueroa, uh, who's Omar's little brother. He's coming up. Uh, I think he's actually fighting on that April the. I mean, on that March the tenth show with uh, with uh, Lipinitz and uh, Mikey Garcia. Okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, so we got uh, so we got a lot of we got a lot of young guys that are, you know, that are right on the cusp of being stars. I thought I thought David Benavidez had a star turn this weekend in his rematch with Gavril. Um, yeah, that's you know, the thing. I think you know, he's going to be a really good good like, fighter. Like you guys, you guys, um, like there was just you know it's ongoing. The World Boxing Super Series has a 168 pound tournament, but you guys have enough to do your own. I mean, you've got the Durrell brothers, you've got Benavides, um, who am I leaving out? Um, uh, who are you leaving out? Um, I have my ratings in front oh, of me. Oh, you got Caleb Plant, we got yeah. Truax. Truax, Truax yeah, you've got another title yeah. holder, you got Caleb Truax. 
Yeah, we can have the Caleb versus Caleb match. <laughs> uh, <laughs> undisputed Caleb championship. There you go. The, the undisputed Caleb championship. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, we got we got enough to make our own little tournament. But you know, it's uh, you know, I, and I think that's one of the tournament. I think that's one of the divisions that sort of broken out. And I think the you know the the Super Series has really highlighted the talent that's there. Um, you know, so, um, you know, but, uh, Badu Jack has moved up to 175 and he's, uh, he's going to take on Adonis Stevenson. And, you know, that's going to be a really, that's, you know, people talk about sleeper matches. I think that's one of the ones that, that, that I think is going to be a sleeper that, you know, is just sort of flown under the radar. Uh, I think that's going to be a really good match. Um, I agree. I think so, a lot of people are looking forward to that because Badu Jack is just one of those guys who's just perpetually under the radar and just keeps winning or, or at least not losing. You know, you put him in there, yeah. he's always the underdog. Yeah. <laughs> always. You know, and I told him, I saw him this weekend in Las Vegas, and I told him, I said, the year that you fought uh, Darrell and uh, Grove, I mean, yeah, the, the, the year that you fought uh, Darrell and Grove, I thought you should have been fighter of the year because you came out of basically came out of nowhere and did stuff that nobody thought you were able to do, you know, and then you won the title. So, um, but yeah, I, I just, you know, I, I, I like him. I, I think he's, uh, I think, and I'm anxious to see how he looks at 175 pounds. I think he might be a special talent. So we'll see. We'll Absolutely. see. Yeah. But we got a lot of guys like that. We got a lot of, we got a ton of guys. You know, I look forward to all of them getting in the ring and showing everybody how special they are. Absolutely. And I guess also, you know, not to leave out the heavyweights, you kind of have a, a final four of the heavyweights uh, going off in, in March. You've got uh, Deontay, of course, uh, finally getting uh, Luis Ortiz into the ring. Um, and what's yep. a, a very dangerous fight for him. And uh, Very dangerous. And then Mr. Anthony Joshua. Um who's uh, got a tough uh, unification match with Joseph Parker at, at the end of March. So, uh, um, and that, not, an e not an easy fight for no, Anthony Joshua. People, no. people, think that, people think that Parker is just going to roll over and, you know, and, and, and lay his title on the mat for, for Anthony Joshua to pick it up. I don't think that's true. I really don't think that's true. I think that's a tough match because, because Parker's a mover. You know, he's not going to stand in one spot. Um, uh, but I, I, you know, yeah, you're right. It is the final four. The heavyweight division has finally got some excitement in it. Right. And, you know, the, De Deontay's an exciting, charismatic guy. You know, he's the only, uh, he's the only American in that bunch. And, um, you know, and, and he's a knockout artist. People sleep on the fact that, you know, he knocks people out and they, you know, I know everybody denigrates his, his, uh, his resume and say he hasn't fought anybody and, you know, but. If you watch boxing over a long period of time, it's hard to knock out. How hard to knock guys out? You're the, most of the time you're not going to knock everybody out that you face. He stops Absolutely. everybody. Yes, yes, yes. You know, the one, and the, then the one time that he didn't, he beat the guy up so badly the guy probably wish he had gotten knocked out <laughs> like he did in the rematch in the first round. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, actually, you know, to me, to me, that that actually, uh, you know, for people who just think that, you know, Deontay's, you know, this this guy who hasn't fought anybody and it's just technique isn't great and all that, I'm like, you know, don't count him out. Uh, it, you know, if if things you know go as the way they're expected to go and it, and it comes down to to Deontay and uh, and Joshua, I'm like, don't count him out out boxing. 
Joshua. I mean, this, oh. is a, this is a big guy, very athletic guy who can move well, and he has a, a tremendous stick. I mean, he showed against uh, Stavern in that first fight that when he hurt his right hand, he could box, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, you know, he got a great jab, you know. He's got a, he's got a great jab if he decides to use it, you know. And when, when he's motivated to use it, he can control a fight with it, you know. You, you just got to decide whether he wants to use it or not. Absolutely. You know, and, and, the thing, and I think the thing that people – the people discount on him is that he's got pretty decent ring IQ. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not off the charts like Floyd Mayweather, but he does set things up and he, and he sets up stuff and he'll, you know, he'll tell me like, you know, before a fight or something, he'll say, watch, you know, watch how I'm going to try to set him up with the right hand. And he did that before the Spilka fight. And I got a little nervous. I'm like, uh, he, he keeps trying to, to you know to set him up with the move but it's not he'd be missing by like an inch or something hmm. and then when he caught him with the you know he set him up he baited him let him come in and you know throw that throw that lazy jab and then as soon as he missed with it he came right behind it and just like nailed him you know nailed him on the chin and you know so he's got a decent ring iq and but people get lost and oh he's wild and he throws punches <laughs> from all there and he's awkward and he can't do all this but if he puts that right hand in the right spot and he does look for ways to set it up, you're going to be in trouble. You know, you're going to go down. Absolutely. You know, you may get up and take take a bigger beating, but eventually you're going to get stopped. <laughs> um, so, you know, because he's got that equalizer, I don't count him out of anything ever. Absolutely. You know, and he's got a he's got a decent chin. He's got a decent chin. You know, so we'll see we'll see what happens. But yeah, that's the fight. I mean, I'm I'm excited about the heavyweight division. And we're going to, like you said, we got a mini little tournament. We're going to know a lot by March 31st. We're going to know a lot about the heavyweight division. Absolutely. You know, the, the, the entire month of March is heavyweight month. So we're well, going to know a lot. It's March Madness for the heavyweights. Yeah. I mean, it, it is March Madness. <laughs> you should be an ad man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, listen, I mean, it's, it's kind of like, you know, these guys have been kind of, you know, in, in separate orbits for a long time. But I think that, you know, the fact that they're fighting in the same month and, and big fights, you know, big tough fights, I think this is where people, you know, like the general public, I think, is going to start to hear about these fights and they're going to start to get right. excited about these guys. Uh, yeah. It's a, and this these are the water cooler moments. I mean, it, you right. know, this is this is the water. You know, this is like, you know, when when Deontay knocked out uh, Severn and he had him folded over the rope like that. I mean, just on general social media, not necessarily the boxing people, but you saw that meme of like, you know, of of Severn like, you know, bent over with his legs underneath him like he was doing the limbo. You saw that thing like everywhere, <laughs> you know. So, so he's got an opportunity for again for like one of those spectacular knockouts to get people to talking about it, and then amongst the boxing fans, you know, you'll get people talking about you know fighting Anthony Joshua, and then when Joshua fights, if he beats Parker, then you know it's on. Then at that point, people in general, the mass media starts to talk about it. You know, it became, the, the whole thing catches fire. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. Well, I mean, I, I think what I what I really liked about Deontay's last fight was he he definitely took lemons and made lemonade because people did yeah. not want to see that second stubborn fight. You know, it was like it was Showtime, like oh Showtime man, Showtime didn't even want to buy it. Yeah, Showtime didn't even want to buy it. I mean, it was the first fight offered because it was a mandatory, right? And right. they didn't want it. You you had to take that fight to keep the title, and you you know you you definitely need the title at this point in time. So. 
But still, right. you know, after the fight, people weren't talking about, oh, you know, what a horrible mandatory. They were talking about, damn, did you see what he did this to Byrne? You know? So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that that was pretty awesome. Let me, um, yeah, let me pivot a little bit here. Uh, you know, there's there's been some some rumors amongst the uh, the combat sport intelligentsia, if I can call it that, um, talking about. Uh, you know, maybe, you know, uh, Dana White's out there with his Zufa boxing t-shirts and, and, and hats and um, talking about how uh, Endeavor or Zufa or UFC, whatever whatever they call themselves, is, is getting into the sport of boxing. And a lot of people were, were saying, you know, maybe they're, they're going to team up with BBC and Al. Um, is there anything you can tell us about that? Is, 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 or, you know, is, is anything being worked on or uh, anything you, any light you can shed on that? I don't know. I mean, I don't, you know, those are the kind of conversations that I would be, I would be in on when the release is going out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they're, not, they're not calling me up and saying, you know, hey, you know, what do you think we ought to do about this? No, I, you know, I have, I have, those are like, those are like high level conversations that would be way above my pay grade. Uh, so I, so I have no idea. Uh, but again, like I said, you know, early on about, you know, Aram and the ESPN deal to me, the more quality minds and creativity that you have and the more exposure that you have for the sport to me, the better it is. Uh, but it's, but it's gotta be quality to me. That's the, that's the one thing it's like, it's gotta, you know, if Dana White is getting involved in boxing, then what he presents has to be quality. Um, because we've got enough bad boxing, we've got enough bad boxing on television what we need is like quality boxing you know gold standard boxing that's what we need um and you know what if he can get together with somebody and do that or if he can do that on his own you know i welcome that you know um and you know he's got you know dana dana's got a few friends in boxing so i'm sure and he's a very smart man so i'm sure that he'll be able to put something together you know whether we're involved in it or not i have no idea but you know, if he if he's put his mind to being involved in it, I'm sure he'll get something going. Absolutely, absolutely. I also saw like NBC gave a deal to uh, the Professional Fighters League, which was an MMA uh, an MMA uh, league that does again the bracket style playoffs and the championship and so on. So um, I guess just to put a bow on it, would would the PBC ever consider going to like a, a bracket style or, or teaming up with the, with the world boxing super series uh, to do something like that? If, if that meant getting like a network deal or, or, or something, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to put a bow on it for you this way. Anything is possible. <laughs> if it, if it, if it makes sense to get high quality, high level boxing in front of people, uh, their audience, anything is possible. Right. Um, I mean, really, and that's, that's really been the goal is to put like high quality boxing in front of the most people that you can put it in front of. And, you know, just 50, 50 fights on the other fights, everything 50, 50, you don't want, you know, you don't want to put a lot of showcases in front of people. Right. You know, sometimes best, it has fighting the best. And yeah, I love the yeah. tournament style. I mean, you know, not, not that I'm pushing you, Tim, but I fucking love these tournaments. <laughs> I gotta say. Well, you know what? If, if they ever call me, if they ever call me and ask for my input, I will definitely say that I think that's the way to go. But 
so far nobody has called me <laughs> and, uh, and and asked me that. So <laughs> really, Tim, they're not like if, you know. But if, but if they what does Tim they, say? They, I, they I thought that's what they're saying with all the negotiations. They're like, all right, we might have a deal. What does Tim say about this? Yeah, no, no, it doesn't doesn't happen that way. No, <laughs> no, I, I I know I know we would I, we would like to think that it does happen that way, but it does. It does doesn't work that way, but uh, but I but some people wish it would would uh, you know but but it does. So I have uh, <laughs> on my on my Twitter feed. Uh, I asked people. I told them you know I, I would be talking to you and ask them what you know questions and there, there was a couple questions. I think I covered most of them, but one of them I, I didn't uh, I didn't get to was uh, someone asked, "Will the PBC ever institute year round random drug testing for all of their fighters like uh, like the UFC does?" All, uh, yeah, for the most part, our, our guys are, are involved in testing when they are part of uh, the WBC. If they're, you know, if they're fighting under the WBC, um, you know, and, and if, um, for the most, you know, for the most part, most of our title fights, you know, there's testing, you know, for our title fights for the most part. Um, so we, we, we normally cater to whatever the sanctioning organizations are. Or if a boxer, you know, asks that the uh, that there be testing for their particular fight, we do that. Yeah, yeah we right, do that. right. Ye- yeah. yeah, and and Deont- Deontay is is involved in year round tests because right. he's a real big he's a real big you know proponent of uh, of clean boxing. So he has submitted himself to yearly testing, year round testing. Well, it's funny because it it seems like you know this this wasn't you know. People hadn't even imagined that this was a problem until you know the uh, the Mayweather Pacquiao negotiations when Floyd brought it up, um, right? And then right. Uh, you know, and now you know, it seems like you know we're we're finding out that a lot of these guys are juicing now that some testing is actually going on. So it's, it's right. definitely something that if, right. if the sport had a league or or some sort of central body that could make rules for everybody, you, you, you'd have it, but. The harem scarum nature of the sport—it's kind of you know for 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 Al with you know just being a you know a manager to to you know implement that on yep. his fighters would be pretty difficult. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's also expensive too. I right. mean, it's a, it's an added cost, and you know that then you have to determine who's going to bear the cost. Is it is it a promoter cost? Is it a manager cost? Is it you know if you got a network deal, is it a network boss? You know, um, and and you know, and, and and the sport really, from a promotional standpoint, they have like a love hate relationship with it because guess what? You know, if your guy tests dirty, like look at the Ortiz and Wilder thing. It's a great fight. You know, we had the press conference. They're selling tickets like crazy. Everybody's excited to see it. The guy tests dirty, and then boom, you got enough. You right. know, it's like okay, where do we go from here? Okay, you fight Stavern. Oh, nobody wants to see that. You know, <laughs> give me my money back for my tickets. I don't want. I don't want to see that garbage. You know, so it really is like a two-edged sword. You know, people want testing, but then when the testing happens and the guy is dirty, if it's in a fight that you really want to see, then you know you don't want to see the other. You punish the guy who's clean. Yeah, I think I remember. As opposed to going out and supporting the guy, you know. Right, didn't that have? Wasn't there supposed to be? I think there was going to be like a rematch between Amir Khan and Lamont Peterson, and and some sort of drug testing. Like you know, I mean, the promotion had already begun, and this and that, and then boom, you know, the 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 testing uh, caught him, and there was no rematch. Um, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you oh. know, people spend a lot of money promoting the fights. It's 
Yeah, I mean, listen, right. but at the same time, you have the safety of the fighters. Without the safety of the fighters, you don't have yeah, the sport. Yeah, you so need this. You get, you got, and you, and you want to make sure all the bouts are competed on a level playing field. You know, right, right. So, right. I and just just so there's no mistake about it, I am a proponent of of drug testing. Right. I like clean fights. I don't. Right. I don't want anybody to say, "Oh yeah, you're equivocating on it, and you want dirty fights." No, no, no. I want clean fights. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it it is a cost, and again, it's you know without a collective bargaining agreement, and I mean, there's just you know, it's it's you know the sanctioning bodies can do what they can do in title fights, but you know if it's not a title fight, it's you know the right, the, it's every fight is individually negotiated, so it's kind of something you have to exactly, negotiate. exactly. Uh, yeah, it's something that you gotta something that you that if you're not with the WBC or you're not fighting for a WBC uh, title. Even if it is a made-up title, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, you're not going to be you're not going to be under the water testing. You know. Okay, one one more question, and I think you've already addressed sure. this, but it says it says would love to know why the fighters are inactive, and it's like I, I would assume he's that's, talking you know about what, a few a, of the guys, not not obviously there are guys. Well, who, you know, and, and and that's that that's sort of like a that's sort of like a, a tag that's like hung on like every you know, PVC fighter, but you know, let just go and look at some of the other fighters that are in boxing that earn a lot of money. You know, um, they're only fighting like a couple of times a year for the most part. You know, when, when Oscar got to a certain point in his career, he wasn't fighting three times a year. Floyd wasn't fighting three times a year. You know, nobody was that. And, and I'm not, I'm not comparing any of our guys to Oscar and Floyd. Or, or or they're at that level, but I think it's just something that people look at our fighters and say that. And I, I you know, I, I when that point was brought up, I looked at a graphic for, I not a graphic, but I made I made my own graphic uh, of. Uh, let me see if I can find it. I made my own graphic of like uh, of of top rank fighters that were inactive because I think somebody at top rank made a, made a comment about, um, about the inactivity of our fighters. I'm going to see if I can find that real quick while we're, I'll try to tap dance while I find it. <laughs> uh, because, because I, th I thought it was interesting because somebody brought it up and I was like, well, I'm just curious as to what other fighters with other groups, because this is what I used to do all the time when I was, you know, when I was a journalist, because whenever somebody else said something about something, I always wanted to find out what the other, what was going on with somebody else. Um, there is that graphic that I found. I wish I could, I wish I could put it like, you know, I wish I could get it like, uh, like really handy, but I don't. But anyway, I looked it up and there were like, uh, 16, there were 16 uh, top-ranked fighters that had one or fewer fights in like a one-year time span, you know. And it was most notably, uh, you know, Manny Pacquiao. I think fought once last year. Um, there were a couple of guys that hadn't fought at all, like Andy Ruiz, their heavyweight, had not fought at all. Um, and I mean, it was like 16 guys: uh, Felix Verdejo. 
And for what I know, he was injured. I know he was like in some kind of motorcycle accident or something, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, but I mean, but there, and and I think you have to look at the rationale behind people fighting, and you know, and uh, you know, I just, I just, I think it's just something that people mention because they want to take shots at guys who are fighting for the PBC. But you know, and, and I did the research, but I can't find it. But I, but I would like for people to do the research uh, for themselves and look at the rosters for other, you know, boxing companies and just see, you know, see the activity level of like other, other guys that, uh, you know, other people that are in the sport. Um, that's all. And I mean, that's all I'm going to say about that. And there, like I said, there are various reasons for, uh, there are various reasons for people not fighting. Gotcha. Uh, I can't. I can't find it. I can't find the thing now. But it was really interesting. I wish I could find it. I'm just not. I'm just not that handy. And if you had <laughs> told me before the show, you know that was one of the things that you wanted to know. I would have had that. I would have had that handy. Uh, okay. 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 Yeah, you know, I, I do. I do have the Quincy Jones conversation handy. <laughs> That's another. That's a whole other show, though, man. Aren't yeah, talking about who killed Kennedy. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you glad you didn't? Sh- oh, wait a second! I got it. Wait a second! I got it. I knew I would tap dance. I knew I would tap dance long enough to find that's it. That's why they pay you the big uh, bucks, Tim. That's why they pay me the big money. That's why they pay me the big money. That's why they pay me the big money. Okay, where is this thing here? Let me let me see here. Okay. All right, I have uh, Manny Pacquiao, one fight in 2016. Felix Verdejo, one fight in 2016. Um, Andy Ruiz, no fights in 2017. I'm sorry, 2017. These are all 2017. Mm-hmm. No fights in 2017. Jesse Magdaleno, no one fight in 2017. Nicholas Walters, no fight in 2017. Uh, Zhao Ziming, one fight in 2017. Victor Postal, one fight in 2017. Casey Ramos, one fight in 2017. Julian Rodriguez, one fight in 2017. Constantine Panamarev, one fight in 2017. Trevor McCombie, no fights in 2017. Jose Lopez, no fights in 2017. Joe Louis Lopez, one fight in 2017. Jesse Garcia, one fight in 2017. That's 16 guys that had one or no fights in 2017. So why is it that people are always asking the PBC why our fighters are so inactive? Right, right, right. And I just, I just named, I just named 15, 16 top ranked guys that had one or no fights in, in 2017. Right, right, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you know, uh, it's, it's it's and I only kinda... did it. I only did it for. I only did it for top rank because there was somebody at top rank that when they when they saw when they signed uh, who was it, Jamel Herring, mm, right, uh, right, right. Somebody, somebody over there said, well, you know, he came over because you know, TBC, none of their guys get a requisite number of fights they need. So I just wanted to see what top rank was doing with you know with some of their guys. So 15 guys, I don't know how many guys they have signed, uh, but even if they have 100 guys signed, 15 is, you know, a nice representation of a number of guys that weren't that active. 
It's a really and good Manny point. And Manny Pacquiao, their pay-per-view star, Manny Pacquiao, their pay-per-view star, only fought once last year. Right, right, right. Yeah, listen, I mean, it, it's a really good point. You know, the, the PBC definitely takes a lot of bullets for, for, for that. You know, that's something that keeps being brought up over and over. But, you know, you, you run out, you know, that, that, that's legit. I mean, top rank is supposed to be the top uh, promoter in the business. And if, you know, 15 or 16 of their fighters only fought once or didn't fight, I mean, where are people uh, throwing stones at them? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I, 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 can't, I can't answer that. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I honestly don't know, but I think it's because you know they they spend they spend a lot of time throwing stones at other people, so nobody will throw stones at them. Absolutely. So I, I don't know. I have no idea. I, I really don't know. But uh, but it's interesting though. You know that uh, as boxing journalism go, I was always taught when somebody tells you one thing, then look at the whole group. Right. You right. know, look at look at look look at the whole the whole thing and say, well, how does this fit into what other people are doing? Or is this something that is industry wide or is it, or is this something that is just, you know, particular to this particular group? Um, and in this case, I'm sure that I'm sure that every one of those guys that I just named, I'm sure there's a reason, either an injury or, you know, birth of a child or, Right. Something else that came up in their lives right. that they decided Legit. that they weren't right. that they couldn't get any fight, right? Or there weren't any matches to be made for them, or you know these guys are turning down match. I'm sure there's something, you know. But right. we could we could look at that and and just speculate that you know that we we could say that hey the promoter's not doing a good enough job to get them fight. We could say that without knowing what the story is behind any of. Right, right, or, right. Or going individually to these guys and say, "Hey, why weren't you? Why weren't you acting?" And you know, last year. And then if you know, if all fifteen of them go, well, it's because my promoter didn't give me any fights. Then you know, then you know, maybe you're on the show. I don't know. Maybe you're on the show. You know. Right, but who has time? To, who has who has time to do that? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, you you had time to to compile the list, but yeah, it's up to the journalist well, to, to because, follow up. That's because that's that's because I'm cra- I'm, I'm crazy and I'm curious. So. <laughs> you got the journalist mind. That's it. You got that investigation. Yeah, I got a, I got a, I got the journalistic bug. I'm a journalist <laughs> at heart. So what can I say? Absolutely. Um, Just a couple more questions, Tim. I'll let you go. Um, sure. As it stands now, how many, like, like we just had a free TV uh, PBC card with Devin and uh, Victor Ortiz fighting. How many in uh, 2018 were, do, should fans expect to see uh, free TV uh, PBC um, cards? Well, I, I, know, I know that there are a few more on Fox and there are a few more on FS1. And I can't, I can't give you this scoop. I think the FS1 shows are going to move to, uh, are going to move to Saturdays. Um, so, yeah, so I, yeah, so we have a few more of those and we're still, you know, we're still working on getting a network deal that hasn't, that hasn't ended. You know, there are still conversations that are being, uh, that are ongoing about, uh, a network deal. So, and don't is, uh, so don't think that that don't think that that's closed off. Well, I mean, listen, you know? I mean, every, everyone in the sport needs to be rooting for the PBC to get a deal. You've got you guys have an amazing roster. You can do you know amazing things with that roster, and and uh, you know as far as bringing this the sport back to the mainstream, I mean, you know, you can't. You, everyone needs to get behind the PBC and getting that deal. 
Um, I'm gl- I'm glad you said that, and you know it's it's and it's time for people to start rooting for the sport. I think right. for a long time, you know, people rooted for themselves or their own entity, but I I think somebody needs to start rooting for the sport. You know, and I think that's the number one thing. You well, got to root for the sport of boxing. I think the good news is too. I mean, you know, Top Rank or or whoever is is hustling ads for Top Rank apparently has has they they got like was it Geico and uh, supposedly a couple more big sponsors might come on, kind of mainstream sponsors. Mm-hmm. And again, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I made this point, and you know, and again, it's 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 a point that's it's obvious, but you know, but for the PBC, Top Rank doesn't have that deal because if the PBC doesn't take the bullets and, and try the experiment. These TV execs don't have the numbers, and and the biggest number right. out there that was the shocker was the eighteen to to thirty fours and the eighteen to forty nine. Right, like, you know, right. You guys are, you know, right. boxing was beating the UFC and still is beating the UFC in that demographic. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and don't and don't and don't forget, don't forget where the idea for top ranks, uh, you know, to uh, to do what they did came from. They sued the PBC and Al Heyman to to get. A look at how it was put together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically, you and, know, they, and, they tapped and, out pretty yeah. quickly in that lawsuit. So yeah, no, no doubt. Yeah, you, you notice, you notice, you notice how quickly they tapped out after the deposition started. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a lawyer. You know, you know what depositions are all about. Yeah, at I mean, some point, at some point, you got to open up yourself to something, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Right. And, you know, and, and once you once you once you get a peek at what you want to get a peek at, you're like, OK, we're done. Let's settle this. <laughs> Why are we wasting this money? Yep. 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 Although Golden Boy obviously didn't get that message and had to get uh, beat down all the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was rather that was a rather harsh beat down. That was rather harsh. <laughs> that was a rather harsh beat down. But, you know, you, they should have seen that coming. But hey, that's OK. It is America. Yeah, exactly. You're allowed you know. to you're allowed to do whatever you want to do, uh, you know, in the courts. So exactly, yeah. exactly. And because if this podcast comes out, Pat, I'm suing you. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way it goes. That's the way it goes. That's the way it is. Exactly. That's the way it is. God bless America. Oh, baby. But what? No, God bless America. Yeah. <laughs> So one more question, and I'm pretty sure I know that you, you probably have no more idea than anybody else the answer to this question. But if we're talking about Al Heyman, uh, we got to talk about uh, Floyd Mayweather and uh, whether you know all, all of these things he's putting out on social media actually mean he's coming back and fighting an MMA fight or or not. Uh, any any clue? Any insight into that? I don't have any. I don't have any firsthand knowledge or insight about that. But let me just say this, you know, in a phrase made famous by John F. Kennedy, let me say this about that. (laughs) Um, Floyd doesn't do anything that's not calculated. Right. Mm. That's all I can say. (laughs) He's not not wasting his time, you know, doing something just for the fun of doing. Right. He's a very calculating man. And most of his calculating is done with a bottom line figure in mind. So I will say that much about Floyd Mayweather. In all the years that I've known Floyd, you know, even 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 you know, planning the lead Bob, everything he does is calculated. Mm, mm, mm. So that's that's much that that much I will say about Floyd. <laughs> 
So yeah, I guess the the Floyd into the into the octagon is to be continued. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. We'll we'll, we'll see where it ends up. But like I said, he's a very calculating man, and he doesn't do anything without thinking about it and calculating it and looking at a bottom line somewhere. Somewhere down the line, there's a bottom line. <laughs> Interesting. That should be his motto. That should be his motto. <laughs> All right. Well. The bottom line of, uh, of this podcast is I uh, really appreciate you making time for me today, Tim, and, uh, and, and good luck with everything. Um, you know, the, the, the showtime, uh, the schedule on Showtime for the PBC is, is absolutely stellar. I mean, you know, just looking forward, I mean, the Wilder fight, can't wait to see that. Um, Garcia Lipinets will be interesting. Lara Hurd, I think, is going to be a, a great fight because Hurd is not in yep. boring fights. He's going to make Lara fight. Well, and, I guess, and, and if you and if you know anything about Lara, the fights that he's in, every, the other side makes him fight. Right, right. You know, right. I mean, he won't, he won't give any more energy than he has to. Right, <laughs> right. I mean, if you don't make him fight, he's content to sit back and pick you apart. But if you put pressure on him and you make him fight, he's going to have to fight. Absolutely. And Hurd will do nothing if not make him fight. Okay, so. I, I lied to you, Tim. One more question. <laughs> as, okay, I'm go, as, no I'm go, as I'm going through the, the, the uh, schedule of fights, with Broner and Figueroa, is that, is that still on? I mean, is there anything at this point to, to I mean, indicate? I mean, both fellas seem to run afoul of the law a little bit. Is there, is there any, is that, is that fight still on officially at this point? Yeah, why, okay. would, why would it not be? Okay, okay, okay. I mean, I, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I know, I know, both of them did things that were wrong. They were both, you know, arrested and charged and everything. But, you know, I don't see any reason why the fight, unless you know, unless their trials are going to happen before April twenty first. Um, and I mean, where are we now? February nineteenth. Right. I guess it could happen, but um, at this point, I think it's at, at this point it's a go. I mean. I don't see any reason why it shouldn't be a go. And, 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 and again, before anybody says I'm condoning the, the activities of either man, I'm not. Right. I'm not right. condoning anything that they did. Right. But from a purely boxing standpoint, and, you know, you're, you're asking me whether the fight is going to happen or not, I, don't just, I just don't see anything that at this point that would stop it. Obviously, their lawyers have to deal with whatever their legal matters are. You know, that's what lawyers do, right. I think. Right. And generally, the lawyers will, oh. will get any any appearances put off or any trial put off until after you know. Yeah, big yeah, about and, to I, and, I, and I think in the case of Broder, I mean, his history is if you go back and you look before he fought Ashley Fairfain, didn't he have some kind of incident or dust up in in Cincinnati or something? Was that the bowling that alley one? There? Yeah, I yeah, that. I think there was something, and that fight, you know, I mean, that fight went on. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know whether you know whether what he did here is equal to or less than or greater than what he did there. Right. Um, you know, I'm not a legal expert, but, right. uh, you know, I think, I think they charge with a misdemeanor, but, um, right, right, right. Yeah. I don't think that, that, that shouldn't know. prevent, uh, that shouldn't prevent the fight. Any, I, I, mean, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think, think that, uh, that takes anything out, but you know, I think, I think the biggest adjudication is for both guys is going to be at the scale. <laughs> yeah, Figueroa. Figueroa looked like he's been eating well in that uh, in the mugshot. I was like, oh man, I hope, I hope he makes forty. 
Yeah, well, yeah, that's that's what we hope for both of them for fight for fight time. Well, I guess I guess the good thing is is if you know if both guys come in overweight, then you know it's not going to be a problem. You know, it's just if, if one guy decides to really get in shape, that's when controversy. Yeah, is. Ne- neither neither one of them will have a right to complain, will they? Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so true. So yeah. true. Yeah, right. so we'll see. We'll see what happens there, but I don't. I don't think that that's going to be. I don't think that's going to be. Okay, with, with Spence, is it is it pretty much set that um, that he's going to take on his mandatory in June in Dallas? I don't know if it's set, uh, but I think it's headed that way. I don't know if it's set though. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, but you know, if you if you think about the timing and when when you know people want Spence to be fighting all of these fantastic fights against Thurman or Garcia or Porter or whatever. You know, does he want a mandatory hanging over his head like, you know, right. nine right. months, a year from now? Somebody right. going, you know, you got to fight Ocampo or it's no good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're going to strip you. You know, uh, do, do you really want that hanging over the kid's head, with, you know, where there are so many tantalizing fights and problems? Right. Um, that's, a, that's a big question. So, you know, um, but, but yeah. It think, looks like it's headed that way. I think everybody who's a Spence fan, they're hoping that uh, he, you know, because he was determined in, uh, to fight three times this year. I think everyone's hoping he gets that mandatory out of the way, and then, you know, maybe him yeah. and Danny Garcia later in the year, and hopefully Thurman and Porter yeah. can settle that mandatory, yeah. and then, uh, and then yeah. for 2019, I, I think, you got a I super think, fight. I think, you know, I think I think he'll have a really, I think he'll have a really good fight uh, at the end of the year. I think he'll close out the end of the year with a really big fight. I really do. I really do. That's that's the scoop you're giving me, Tim. Um, 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 can I can I put well, that? Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you can. You can yeah, I, I think you'll end the year with a big fight. I really do. Awesome. I, I think things I think things are setting up for him. You know, and you, and you look at the activity level of the you know of the of the guys that he could fight at the end of the year, and I I think you know it's setting up for him to have a really nice big fight at the end of the year. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, Tim, I really appreciate you taking the time um, and, and, and talking through all this with me. Um, and uh, good luck with uh, the tremendous schedule uh, you guys uh, you know, have in front of you for 2018. So far, it's working out. So far, it's working out. Thanks, yeah, thanks for taking the time, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate it, Tim. Take care, man. And that will do it for another edition of the Boxing Esquire podcast. Really want to thank Tim Smith for taking time out of his busy schedule uh, to speak with me. I thought that was a great, uh, great discussion that we had. And if, if you like this podcast, please leave me a comment or a rating on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. And uh, visit my website at boxingesq.com. Until next time, so long, everybody. Bye.